1: Welcome to another edition
2: of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
3: Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, despite what that says, we are not live from the Salem studios. No. We are live from our spare rooms, mm-hmm. which is like where most of America is, right? Right.
4: Yeah. It. Uh, the glamour of it, Were I, was there ever glamour in working from home? <laughs> well, I don't know. My kids are impressed. My kids are
3: very impressed.
4: Okay. I'm not sure if there was, but if there was glamour at some point, it's now faded.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Okay. So um, thinking about the day ahead and uh, where we are right now, I mean, today's Wednesday of what, March the 98th or something like that. It just feels like- It is. It
4: does this, seem like this one month has gone on
3: forever. On we're already,
4: listen, we're already in May. I am about two weeks from having to have my entire garden planted and it's 48 degrees or yeah, something. Yeah,
3: that's not going to happen because it's going to snow this weekend. So you just better hold off on that. Doug Oster is going to join us, I think, is that tomorrow, I believe? Mm, I think it's tomorrow. So he'll set you straight on, on uh, your uh, your garden uh, preparedness. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, listen. Um, are, would you consider yourself, Kath, a a thrifty person?
4: Well, I certainly didn't before this whole experience,
3: mm-hmm. and now you're forced into a new form of thriftiness.
4: I've become a new person, John.
3: Have you really? I, okay. Don't, okay. I, I,
4: do, a- I, I don't recognize myself.
3: That's a growing national trend. Then I'm looking at. Oh, an really? Article.
4: So, so I'm I'm not on my own in that.
3: No, no, no. It's a nationwide suite because for the first time, I think in this generation and probably many generations, we as Americans are having to confront our own excess. We live in a, a throwaway culture. For, I mean, for generations, uh, this is from box.com. Limited use products from paper plates, plastic, cutlery has uh, K cups has made us this throwaway. Listen to this crazy thing. Um, Americans end up, the average American ends up throwing out. Two thousand five hundred and fifty-five pounds of trash every year. That is so much trash. The average American, two thousand five hundred and fifty-five pounds of trash every year, the equivalent weight of two grizzly bears. So that's
4: <laughs> that's just the analogy, the comparison I needed
3: that's what to saying. have it make sense in here. Anybody got a grizzly bear? I need to throw it away like <laughs> immediately. Like- all right. So now they're saying the people like, okay, uh, my gram used to do this. You know, you, you have a loaf of bread and the very end of the loaf of the bread, right? The the butt of the, the bread. Nobody I mean, wants- they,
4: they call it a heel, not a butt.
3: Okay. I call it a butt. <laughs> the heel. I mean, nobody wants to eat that. Right. Does anybody want to eat that?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, it has to be eaten in my house.
3: Really? It does? No. Oh, yeah. We use that as sort of like, you know, the end cap of freshness.
4: Oh, you right. I mean? So that was just removed.
3: Yeah. Just, no, you even, just put, put that you in there that and then put, and seal the bag back up again. You've got that heel or the butt yeah. and uh, you make sure everything stays fresh. Now, you know, we used to throw that away or give it to the birds. Everyone's going to eat that. You're going to make French exa- toast.
4: Yes, it. that's right.
3: Mm-hmm. makes for delicious French toast. My wife has been doing this since we got married. She's, she's done this, which used to drive me crazy. So you get a Ziploc bag. Okay. She washes it. washes it out. Puts no. it on the dish strainer mm-hmm. no. and lets Mm-mm. it dry and reuses it, calf. Yeah. No. That's thrifty. No,
4: no, no. no. Okay. That's thrifty. But I feel like that's gone a step too far where like, how clean are you? Re- like those bags were not designed to go through like 18 uses.
3: Oh, for Rhonda June, they are. Believe me. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, good for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do not throw those. Because she'll go, wait a second. I had something, did somebody throw that away? And I'd go, I did. And then, you know, we're off right, to the races. Right, and all
4: things would ensue, yeah. right.
3: So a new thriftiness has come upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're calling it, um, you know, like the uh, the novel virus, novel frugality. Mm-hmm. That's me. Right. So n- perhaps in the year, like 2056, when you're a grandma, you mm-hmm. can tell your grandkids about, so listen, you'll become like the child of the Great Depression. Listen,
4: I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I told you how I used to make fun of my mother-in-law
3: mm-hmm. for
4: the fact that she used to use a little nub of carrot. She'd have <laughs> to like, you know, create a whole portion of the meal so that she could use it. And I'd say, "Mom, like we don't need to use that." And she'd mm-hmm. say, "No, I'm a child of the depression." Listen, yesterday I was making this uh dish and I had some celery ribs that you know, they kind of lose their crispy sure, yeah. thing, you know, they become a little flabby. And usually I'm like, "Okay, it's time to toss it put it out in the yard for the rabbits." I used it.
3: Of course you did, right? I used it. You know what?
4: When it's cooked, you can't tell the difference. No, of course. You
3: cannot tell the difference. Right.
4: I feel like I'm growing. Yeah.
3: All of a sudden, there's going to be like a photograph of you, like from the Works Progress Administration. You'll be like that woman. It's like that, you know. Remember that photo? The woman's got her hand there, and she's like all worn and kind of worried. Exactly. Could be you. That's going to be
4: me. I'm going to be worn and worried. But darn it, I will have
3: used those two celery ribs. Where's the heel? Where's the celery ribs? Exactly.
4: No, seriously. I it's it's the one thing I feel really good about over the last six, eight weeks, whatever it is, I feel like in that respect, I'm a better person now than I was at the beginning.
3: Okay, good. That you become frugal. I feel like I was wasteful.
4: I feel like I was wasteful with food and no longer.
3: Yeah, I like it. Okay, I I think that's pretty true, right? Yeah, I'm doing my best. Good job. All right. Thanks. I think, you know, we've got... Who knows? You got
4: to take your victories where you can find I them, sure John. do.
3: Yeah, look out. It's just a little sidebar. I was reading something today. The New York Times is saying we're going to invite people back into the workplace sometime like September 8th. I, mean, I
4: can't stand that. How Why can that be? are we putting, how do they know?
3: Time they, what,
4: what, they just picked September 8th, like mm-hmm. out of where?
3: Well, because it's after, you know, the summer recess, right? We're back what? in after labor. How, Day. Do they,
4: how do they know? You, you have know. no idea what's going to be happening. Listen, no. okay. All right. Well, I'm happy that you brought up that September 8th thing because that hacks me off. These people who were like projecting dates, you know, a month from now, three months from now, or whatever. Dr. Rick Zimmerman is with us next. He's been with us uh, not monthly, weekly since this whole thing started. He's a local immunologist from the Pittsburgh area. He gives us our COVID 19 update. I'm going to ask him, John, what he thinks about dating.
3: About reopening. Okay, good. All right. We got a big show for you. Stick around. Oh, and listen, how about uh, a little later on this evening? We hope to laugh remember the name marty simpson that feels like it was like 55 years ago it
4: really does but marty simpson was in pittsburgh we met him he was uh in town for the word fm date night we howled
3: we did how he's a funny guy and uh, he's going to join us on the air not that he's coming back to pittsburgh anytime soon just because we all need to laugh a little bit yes that'll be with us a little later on the show marty will all right terrific is that it for now
4: i think that's it for now john
3: okay Uh, stick around We'll talk uh, COVID 19 from a particular Western PA, Pittsburgh uh, uh, perspective with Dr. Richard Zimmerman. That's next on the ride home. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. Hey, Pittsburgh,
5: it's Colton Dixon. This is Austin French. Hey, Pittsburgh, it's Laura Story. What's up? This is Torrin Wells.
6: This is Matthew West. Man, times are tough right now
5: See, the enemy's greatest weapon is fear But the Holy Spirit gives us everything opposite of that. Psalm 4610 Be still and know that I am God God is with you,
7: God is for you Let's look out for each other, let's stay safe God is
5: still in control, we will get through this 101.5 WORD
0: God bless you
8: Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold and Inc. 5000 member and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt. And global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text Gold to 49776.
9: This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital grade, EPA registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees. The man, the yellow man. Service Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Excel Home Care will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard right. You can actually get paid to provide care for those you love. To learn more, contact Excel Home Care today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. XL Home Care, 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950. XL Home Care, a help at home company.
4: An indispensable part of our show over the last six or eight weeks has been the presence of Dr. Rick Zimmerman. Rick is a local physician here in Pittsburgh, and he's really helped us to, you know, kind of navigate these choppy waters, information-wise and social media-wise, kind of trying to separate the rumor from what's actually going on. So let me tell you some more about Dr. Rick. Rick has over 200 publications on vaccines and vaccine-preventable diseases. He's led multiple federally-funded research projects on vaccines and has practiced part-time in the inner city of Pittsburgh for over 25 years at the East Liberty Family Healthcare Center. Rick Zimmerman. Welcome back.
10: Hey, it's good to be back with you. Always well good, I promised that there would be news coming on advances when I think we last talked last week, and indeed that's happened. Okay. Uh there's an emergency authorization by the Food and Drug Administration of Remdesivir, which is a direct acting antiviral that stops the virus from making copies of itself. Hmm. So we have an advance. That's the good news. But there's always a little detail, isn't there? Yes, I kind yes. of put <laughs> I kind of put this kind of in a football analogy is this is a field goal and field goals are good, but they don't necessarily win the game. They sometimes do but not always and uh, the reason I say that is from Desivere, the data that we have to date and there's a good large study of a thousand people that are government funded. It shows that it lowers the time in the hospital from fifteen days to eleven days. That is neat, but it 's not fifteen days to two days right. <laughs> it's fifteen to eleven, and it reduces the death rate um, in these severely ill people from um, by three four percent, bringing you down from about twelve to eight percent. Again, that's great. That's sure. a big progress, but it's not down to 1% or 2%. Um, nice. And so big step forward, um, the medicine is only available um, for people seriously ill in the hospital. Um, what's really good is it's going to reduce the burden in the hospital for those places that are struggling.
3: I see. Well, Rick, so such as it is, we'll take the silver lining wherever we can find it. That's a one tiny step forward, Right.
10: Oh, it certainly is, particularly now that we've crossed the 72,000 death mark in the country Mm -hmm. and over 50,000 cases in our state.
3: All right. So, Rick, talk to us about where we are here locally. How do things look in, in western Pennsylvania and in the Pittsburgh area?
10: Well, things are quieting down. There are still some people very sick and in the hospital, but overall, we're seeing the positivity rates drop. Um, The last people I personally tested were all negative. I was a little surprised, uh, but they were all negative. Um, uh, Positivity about the last uh, days of April was about 5%. Um, It's hard to tell. Things are still preliminary so far in May, but the very end of April was 5%. That's down from 8%, 9%, 10% when we started talking uh, over a month ago.
4: Okay. Now, Rick, you just said that the last people you tested were negative and you were surprised. So does that imply that they were sick with something else that looked like COVID but wasn't?
10: Well, there's a couple of options. I hope I got good specimens. I'm going to trust that my technique was good. So if my technique was good, either they were past the point where the virus was shed or Um, And so it was due to COVID, but they were far enough in recovery, we couldn't find the virus, or they had some other virus. This time of year, there are other viruses that are common and can cause similar pictures. So it's hard for me to know which it is uh, without further testing, but it'd be probably one of the two.
3: Okay. So, Rick, I think, you know, if, if you're reading at home, like, you know, like most of us are, about the different uh, mutations this virus takes, it's odd. I mean, it's, it's nothing that you can sort of categorize easily. Can you talk to us about something that I've read about, especially in younger people, um, this weird phenomenon called COVID toe?
10: Well, there is this uh, question, yes, of what's happening with covid toe with these different rashes with covid and there's several rashes that are being explored and why they occur this virus is one wily opponent because you get skin changes if you just mentioned you have attacks in the blood vessels which might be what's contributing to covid toe um, you have a lung attack and then you have uh, some people having the guts with vomiting and diarrhea so this is really hitting different parts of the body which is one of the real challenges it's not only just one thing but several
7: I
4: see Wow. Okay. Dr. Rick Zimmerman with us with our uh, weekly uh, COVID-19 update in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, Rick, talk some more about viruses that are common this time of year. The reason I'm asking is that whenever someone I know gets sick, the first thing they think of is that they have COVID-19. Now, are you saying that it shouldn't be an assumption? It should be, you know, they should be tested, but there are a lot of other viruses that are going around now?
10: Uh, there certainly are some other viruses this time of year. You might see um para-influenza, which is different than flu. Um, so there are other viruses, and rhinovirus can circulate just about any time of year. So there are other viruses that can occur. Um, fortunately, some of the prevention for COVID viruses work against uh, the other viruses. And in fact, Hong Kong has really stood out as some success um, they have had relatively little disease, despite being next to China, and in many ways part of China, obviously, if you know their history. But they have really set up something that I think is useful to think about for you and your listeners and for me and my social contacts, is they've had very little disease. And what they've done, they set up this barrier. You couldn't get into Hong Kong unless you had a uh, quarantine right afterwards. So they limited the travel to spread. And then they've used masks widespread. They've used a lot of hand sanitizer, social spacing. And yet they have allowed some of their businesses to open. And by careful attention to the hand sanitizing, to not putting people crowded together in restaurants but spaced out, they've been able to keep some of their businesses open.
3: see. So let's talk about that. Uh, Rick, I'm sure, of course, everyone's talking about the crater economically that we're in now. Uh, what about uh, Governor Wolf opening up uh, the state of Pennsylvania and especially what you see across the country as other states, Texas, Florida, other states are really wanting to open up fully?
10: I think we have to be very careful. I think um, we have, a friend's, um, we have a mutual friend that's a roofer. He's at no risk to – he's up on the roof. He's not yes. going to give anybody COVID up on the roof. So I think the closures, um, they may have been necessary and what we could do quickly, but they're fairly blunt tools. And we'd now like to be much more precise. I think we need to consider that we don't want to hurt our brothers, our sisters in Christ, um, and those who might come to Christ. So we need to be careful in using masks and social distances. Um, But I think, you know, things like playing soccer, um, as long as you keep your hands to yourself – we should be able to resume some of those things, um, and particularly outdoor activities to enjoy and to be careful as we open up in the more indoor activities.
4: Mm-hmm. What about dates that different people are assigning to opening? So whether it's someone in an elected office or, you know, John just mentioned uh, the those in administration over the New York Times decided that they wouldn't return to working in the building until September 9th. I mean, how are people deciding on these dates and is that helpful or is it even based on actual information or just guesses?
10: I think a lot of time it's guesses. We just don't have a lot of good science to help us. We know the transmission um, still can occur. If you um, are not careful with hand hygiene, uh, you can still transmit. And we're still seeing some of the burden in the nursing homes and crowded places like jails. That transmission is continuing. And so we can't, Go back to say we can just shake hands and um, do lots of things that are close touching. I do think we should carefully and thoughtfully for others begin to reopen over time, um, watch what happens, because if we start seeing a spike, then we need to back off. And so I think gradual step-wise is the safest.
3: I see. Okay, so then Rick, with that in mind, Uh, What about the possibility in the future, and of course all this is crystal balling, about us uh, assembling to go worship together? Any idea, you know, about safeguards and is there any projection about when or if that could happen?
10: So uh, speaking personally, this is my opinion. But I think I would like to see us return to doing worship activities this summer and to do it ideally outside, because while we're trying to figure this out, when there's good airflow, that's what really protects things. The dispersion of virus, even if you're infected and you don't know it and you go to a worship service or an outdoor activity, if there's great airflow, And when I swab people, we do it outside because we don't have the luxury of negative pressure um, rooms that some of the hospitals have. And so by doing our testing outside, we have the air dispersion and we're not concentrating those viruses in a um, closed space where people could potentially infect one another. So I want to see us do that. I think we uh, should move towards church this summer. Um, but I'm thinking outside. I'm thinking communion should be there, and I don't like them. But it, just because I don't like them doesn't mean it's not what should be done, but those prepackaged communion things that seem like sure. there's, you're getting a McDonald's toy. Uh, <laughs> but I think we can look past that to you know, the significance of uh, the body of Christ and sharing that. And I think that's the kind of safe thing to do what we learn and plan
3: very good
4: doctor examination <laughs> I have a hard time getting his name out. Dr. Rick Zimmerman with us with our weekly COVID-19 update for the Western Pennsylvania area. Rick, before you leave us, can you tell us a little about antibody testing? Um, I've been reading about it this week. It seems like even physicians and scientists have different viewpoints on, you know, if, if someone does do an antibody test, it comes back positive, then yeah. maybe they might be irresponsible in their actions or they feel like they can just go out. You know, Rand Paul has been doing this on Capitol Hill. He's already had it. He's not going to wear a mask it doesn't matter
10: well that's a great question and the science answer is we don't know the uh, one of the things that's happening is there the virus is mutating it's changing and the one that was in uh, Wuhan China is somewhat different than the primary virus occurring in the United States now and so one of the questions is if you get an antibody response Is it to the Wuhan strain? Does that protect you against the current strain, which we call the G-clade? Do you get that cross-protection? I hope so, but I don't know. And how long does that last? And are you measuring the right antibody? There's a lot of different antibodies um, that occur when an infection occurs. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to figure out what's the right antibody, how long does it last? That's the research question. And... If you're going to be honest, we don't know is the answer. We're hoping that the antibody tests that Quest Lab, that UPMC uses, will be able to predict antibodies that work and protect against all the strains, but we don't know yet. I see.
3: Okay, so that's what I take from the entire conversation, basically, Rick, is though things are moving forward. There is reason for optimism. Your analogy about a field goal as opposed to a touchdown is is good. But uh, again, moving forward, uh, no one really knows, right? We're going to sort of like uh, step slowly into this and uh, look for the best to, to, to happen.
10: I think you're right, and um, and in a devotional that uh, my clinical boss opened with today in our meeting, he pointed out Jesus calming the storm. Um, The disciples afraid in the boat, uh, wondering, you know, are we going to be protected, and his ability to calm the storm. And are we going to have the faith, uh, (laughs) is my faith uh, like that of the disciples, you know, uh, which is frankly a lot of times more, Lord, save me. Uh, And so don't you care when actually we know that he really does. Very
4: good. Hey, Rick, I'm sorry. I I said one last question, but now I'm going to add one more to it because I just love when you're on. I have all these things that I percolate during the week um, and kind of set aside for you. What about how um, low the the instances of the virus are in a place like Florida, in spite of the fact that there were tons of people on the beach, in spite of the fact that a large portion of the, the Floridian population is over 65? Does that have to do with the heat, the humidity there? What do we know about that?
10: I think we're still learning, and the answer may be yes. But we've also had other areas, um, and the exact country um, escapes me. of on, on the right on the spot. There have been other tropical places where it has spread, and right. so Ecuador is one of them. Uh, yeah. We scratch our heads why in some places, um, and we may find out things. I think we have to be pretty careful until we understand it. Even with flu, which we've studied for decades, we don't understand all the details of why it's a winter virus. Uh, we have a lot of ideas, but we don't have it nailed yet. I see.
3: Okay. Well, Rick, thanks enough awful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kath and I, and certainly yes, all of our listeners you. appreciate your knowledge and your wisdom as you guide us through these uh, weirdly unusual times. So thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Sure. Have a great day. You as well, Dr. Richard Zimmerman, here locally within the city of Pittsburgh, uh, talking about where we are right now. I guess I'll I'll take that analogy, like you said, you know, we just field goals opposed to the touchdown, and we are slowly inching into unknown territory. We'll take
4: whatever gains we can see. Right.
3: Hey, some good news. Uh, Elon Musk and his—I don't even know if it's his wife. No, it's his girlfriend. His girlfriend. Well, they had a baby. The Mm -hmm. bad news is you can't pronounce the baby's name. We'll talk about that. (laughs) That is a
4: problem.
3: You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers right now. MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo code WORD. My Pillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country.
0: With all that is going on today regarding the coronavirus, City Mission needs you now more than ever. City Mission has taken precautions to protect its vulnerable resident population. You can help. Any donations you believe will help during this time are greatly appreciated to continue to serve both City Mission residents and our community and keep City Mission doors open. For all the details, please visit citymission.org and please join City Mission in prayer to get through these challenging times.
10: Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start.
1: Call 412 471 7675 or visit my website at
0: DennisSpira.com. Car shop from your couch with cars.com. It's never been so easy. Connect with dealers to tour cars virtually. Search great prices. And yes, they feature cars ready for home delivery with over 4 million new and used cars. Cars Cars.com has your match. Check out Cars.com today.
5: Listen on your smart speaker, the WordFM app at WordFM.com. iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
7: Tonight, partly cloudy and cold, low 35, breezy tomorrow with sun and some clouds, high 61, cloudy and cold tomorrow night, low 38, Friday colder with periods of rain, high 46, Saturday cloudy, windy and cold, high 45. Sunday, cool, clouds and sun, high 54. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian
3: May. We always celebrate when a new baby's born right you gotta love it so much Of course. so uh elon musk the entrepreneur par excellence and a little bit of a wacko let's be honest mm-hmm. uh him and uh his girlfriend grimes 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 mm-hmm. is it miss grimes
4: no it's Ms. just grimes.
3: grimes is it Grimes is it's, it
4: just it, it sounds plural but it's actually singular
3: so it's kind of like share right
4: it's a lot like that
3: yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know Grimes. Only,
4: only with less uh, pop culture impact.
3: Okay, (laughs) so Grimes and um, Elon Musk Mm -hmm. have announced to the world uh, yesterday that they had a baby.
7: Yeah.
3: Apparently, uh, it's a little baby boy. Um, Okay. Although there is some, there is some uh, question over the the sex of the child, but. There's some question about
4: the sex of the child? Yeah,
3: yeah. They're not saying, uh, yeah. Some people think it's a boy. Because when you hear the name. so uh, Oh, so they
4: haven't released its gender. They just released his name?
3: Right. Uh, So Elon Musk tweeted, my baby's name is X-A-E-A-12. Musk.
4: Wait a minute. Wait. I've written this Mm down. X-A-E, the letter A-12?
3: musk mm-hmm.
4: that's the child's name yes, x a e a 12
3: yep uh-huh yeah so some people are saying oh um x okay. ash archangel while giving screenshots of evidence <laughs> gathered to support the proposal i don't know that uh-huh. archangel uh x ash uh apparently the tweet said yeah you might be on the right track so
4: this might be the child's serial number
3: Hmm. It it makes it makes Prince and his name change look sane, basically. Yeah, yeah, right.
4: right. He was the X. artist, at least formerly known as something we can pronounce.
3: Mm-hmm. So what are, they, what are they?
4: What are they going to call the baby?
3: Yeah, X. I don't know. They're going to call, call it John. X? Let's just settle on John. That'd be John, it, or Joe. That'd be a simple thing, a solution mm-hmm. there, right? right.
4: X. Anyway, congratulations
3: to Elon Musk and Grimes.
4: That's great. <laughs> we wish you a lifetime of happiness.
3: <laughs> yes, I guess so. Yeah. Um, how about the kid who um, was stopped on the highway in Utah? He was driving. Wait, is this, is this car. more weird news? This is more weird news. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'm just, you know, in my reading, things pop up and you kind of go, wait, I get it. So there's a kid driving a car uh, on the highway. All right. And uh, he was apparently uh, swerving uh, on the highway going 32 miles an hour. So a state trooper said, well, something's kind of weird there. So pulled the person over uh, as the trooper went to, uh, you know, approach the car. He couldn't see anybody in the front seat. And, and he came upon the front seat and looked down and it was a five-year-old boy. Stop it five-year-old boy who was driving the car. And so the kid started to like, he was near tears. And the,
4: the five-year-old and the, was near tears.
3: Yes. Yeah. Cause and he the was driving on the like, highway. What are you doing? What are you doing? And he said, well, I got mad at my mom. I want a Lamborghini. And she said, no. So I took the car and I'm wow. driving to California. Cause my sister lives there. I've got $3 in my wallet and I'm going to get myself a Lamborghini. I mean, this is a true story. There's this a lot happened, of things to
4: comment on there. Yeah,
3: this happened Monday.
4: First he, of all, what a res- what a terrible parent, restrictive mother.
3: Mm, yeah, I
4: mean, you should give your kid what he wants.
3: <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> okay, so he thinks he's going to get a Lamborghini with three dollars.
3: Yep, he's fine. How
4: in the world did he know how to drive a car?
3: Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, the parents have not commented. Of course, it's you know they're deciding whether they press child endangerment charges or something like that to right. the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they have they had no knowledge he was gone. Apparently, both parents were gone from the house, and an older sibling was babysitting. Mm-hmm. You know how that goes. Yeah, and so the kid was left to his own devices.
4: Right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So continuing on in the weird news vein, John, how about all these four legged creatures, these animals that are coming out of the forest and just wandering into major cities?
3: No, is this a thing? Really? This, this is, is an a,
4: actual thing. This, oh, is, an it, actual this thing. is like a
3: Will Smith movie.
4: No, this is not. No. And this is a Wall Street Journal article that details different parts of the world where animals are just coming out and saying, hey, I'm glad all you humans are gone because I've wanted to walk on the street in a long time.
3: What city is this that it's yeah, so okay.
4: desolate? So, so uh, the first place talked about here is uh, right outside of Stanford University. Yeah, uh, A research scientist walked outside after he had finished uh, his uh, daily workout and found a coyote just sitting mm. right there in broad daylight. Really? He says typically one of the most touristy places in San Francisco, and there's just a coyote sitting there. No kidding. So all of a sudden... People are this is a, a zoo expert is saying, well, all of a sudden people are either gushing over the coyotes or worrying they're going to eat them or rip out the livers of their children. She said, but in reality, the coyotes have been here all the time.
3: Yeah, they sure. So have I point.
4: guess the, the the thrust of the story is that the animals, it's not like they're walking from hundreds of miles away. They're really close to cities hmm. living in places where humans just don't recognize them. And now that humans have backed off and things are quiet, they're just walking out.
3: Oh, I kind of like that. All right. Yeah. So they're talking about
4: a lot of deer that are coming out, walking into places. Um, Prior to the lockdown, London has had a love-hate relationship with their population of urban foxes. They have 28,000 of them that live around London. Well, guess what? About 26,000 of them are now like roaming around Piccadilly Circle. (laughs) They're all excited. <laughs> so they have great photographs of animals being out in urban areas. Really? In the middle of nowhere. And they're talking about seagulls who are more hungry than normal. Oh. Um, and so they're trying to get food wherever they can find it. Authorities mm. on Janga Beach in Brazil said baby hawksbill sea turtles now have a clearer path to the ocean after hatching from their eggs buried in the sand there in March. Also, they're talking about toads in northern England that are having this great mating season because they had, you know, they have these, you know, mating patterns that are really complicated and no human can figure out how they do it. Well, because humans aren't around, instead of they're going like a circuitous route to mate the toads, they're Hmm. just going like they're taking the path of least resistance. So they're thinking like (laughs) a year from now, there's going to be a heck of a lot of toads
3: in northern England. I like it a lot. Very nice. Okay, so those are all weird things. Elon Musk and his girlfriend Grimes, unpronounceable name for their new baby, Uh, a five-year-old kid driving on the highway in Utah to go get himself a Lamborghini for $3, Mm -hmm. and coyotes and other wild animals left to their own devices will try to come back into the city. The toads and turtles
4: are walking everywhere. I like it. Not to mention the fact that it's May whatever. What the heck's the date? It's May 6th and it's about 46 degrees.
3: Right. Okay. And tomorrow I'm
4: going to have to cover my azaleas tomorrow night. Right. Because there's a, (laughs) a frost warning.
3: I guess. All right. Things could be worse, right? You know, we're here. We're alive. God (laughs) is with us. All right. It's just a strange world we live in now. Take a break. Come back. We're going to talk with Tremper Longman about the book of Daniel. Stick Mm -hmm. around for that conversation. This is The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM and WPIT Radio. Also streaming live on Facebook. 1.5
5: word fm next time on orchard hill today well we're a culture that likes to keep our options open right we don't want to be stuck and today we're
4: asking the question is jesus the best option this week brady randall campus pastor at orchard hill church butler county looks at the gospel account of the book of john in a series controversial jesus Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today on 101.5 Word FM.
0: When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need EK Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, EK Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at EKExcavation.com.
1: This is an important coronavirus update from the nonprofit Global Healthy Living Foundation. Do you or a loved one live with a chronic illness? If so, you and your family may be at a higher risk for contracting the COVID-19 coronavirus. The Global Healthy Living Foundation has made free information and support available for your protection and well-being. Go to GHLF.org to enroll in their free patient support program to get updates and information related to the coronavirus outbreak. Protect yourself and your family. Visit GHLF.org today. This is an important coronavirus update from the nonprofit Global Healthy Living Foundation. Do you or a loved one live with a chronic illness? If so, you and your family may be at a higher risk for contracting the COVID-19 coronavirus. The Global Healthy Living Foundation has made free information and support available for your protection and well-being. Go to ghlf.org to enroll in their free patient support program to get updates and information related to the coronavirus outbreak. Protect yourself and your family. Visit ghlf.org today. With all that is going on today regarding the coronavirus, City Mission needs you
0: now more than ever. City Mission has taken precautions to protect its vulnerable resident population. You can help. Any donations you believe will help during this time are greatly appreciated to continue to serve both City Mission residents and our community and keep City Mission doors open. For all the details, please visit citymission.org and please join City Mission in prayer to get through these challenging times.
5: Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship, led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together.
0: Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska.
3: Dr. Tremper Longman is back with us. Dr. Longman is a distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. He has authored or co-authored more than 30 books, including The Lost World of the Flood and How to Read Proverbs. Here today to talk to us about a brand new work called How to Read Daniel. Tremper, welcome back to the show. Hope you're well.
11: Yeah, I am well, John. Hope you and Kathy Mm -hmm. and all the listeners are as well.
3: Thank you so
4: much. Yeah, Tremper, thanks for being with us. I'm glad we're going to talk about Daniel. You know, it's a funny book. It seems like half of it is like a cool kid story that like a bunch of fourth graders <laughs> can celebrate and act out. And then the other part is like scary apocalypse.
11: <laughs> it's exactly right. It's a, it's a fascinating book in that way. And then you combine that with the fact that half of it's written in Aramaic and half in Hebrew and, and oh, uh, half the Stories and half our, as you say, apocalyptic visions. It's a pretty fascinating book to study.
3: Hmm. I mean, it's kind of timely that the book is out now because um, what I take from it, amidst all the hostility in the book, God is in control.
11: Yeah, that's exactly right. That you know, so you have these six stories and these four apocalyptic visions that seem so different from each other, but they all have. Uh, the exact same central theme, which is in spite of present evil, and it looks like evil's in control, really, God's in control and he will have the final victory. So, Daniel and its New Testament counterpart, the book of Revelation, is written to people who are under oppression and uh, are living in a toxic culture, which actually all of all of us do, who are faithful people mm-hmm. uh, to different degrees of toxicity, but uh, but the message is one of hope. A lot of people read it and get scared. Actually, yeah, I became a Christian partly way 50 years ago in high school when somebody basically presented the message of uh, Daniel and Revelation to me, and it did scare me, but I was on the wrong side of the divide at that point.
4: <laughs> okay. All right. And so for anyone who's listening to this and has been involved in a church or any kind of Christian community or perhaps an online group that promotes the fear uh, side of yeah. apocalyptic literature when it comes to the biblical perspective, we're going to say that's never what God intended, especially for people who believe.
11: Exactly. It's not, not supposed to be scary. And, and actually, it's actually more understandable than most people realize mm. Uh because all the imagery strikes us as bizarre, but to the original audience, it wouldn't have been strange. Uh, They would have been aware of the imagery. And unfortunately today, since we're, uh, uh, you know, we're separated from that original context, people will sometimes take advantage of it and read all kinds of strange, unintended meanings into the book and talk about how, you know, these things are happening now, uh, whereas they've actually been ha- happening throughout time. So, well, I guess okay, what I'm getting okay, so at is, let, me,
4: let me let me stop yeah. you for a minute, Tremper. Okay, so that's a yeah, particular sure, perspective sure. on apocalyptic literature. Um, a lot of people, when it comes to reading Revelation um, in specific, they look at it either as these are events that happened before, uh, mm. per- perhaps before the destruction of the temple, um, or mm-hmm, perhaps mm-hmm. they are things that are going to happen in the future. Um, and mm-hmm. then there are those who think, now wait, these perspective or these stories are a perspective of evil that comes and goes throughout different parts of history. Now, where do you fall in that?
11: All of the above. And that's a great summary of the three different approaches. In other words, uh, and I'm actually writing a commentary on revelation at the moment, been working on revelation 11 all day. Um, and, um, and yeah, so it's, it's describing, uh, both things that have happened but things that are contemporaneous. It's, it's a great indictment on the Roman Empire and on the dangers of Christians kind of um, wedding themselves to the Roman culture, mm-hmm. but it's also looking forward to the future and, uh, and yeah, indeed, towards the end of the age. So uh, it's a fascinating book in that way. And that's kind of how apocalyptic works.
3: Dr. Um, Trevor Longman so, is with us from Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Trevor, can you go back for a minute? Because you made reference early on in our conversation about um, the book of Daniel uh, containing a couple of different language styles. So does that mean well, yeah. that there is um, uh, different authors for the book? And what does that mean if that's true?
11: Well, yeah, that's a great question. What I uh, was pointing to is that uh, six of the chapters are written in in Aramaic, and six of the chapters are written in Hebrew. They're related, but different languages, like they're the difference between, say, English and German. I see. um, er, er, um, But we don't know exactly, and this is the frustrating thing, we don't know exactly what that... Means and terms are why, because it's interesting. Because uh, chapter one starts in Hebrew, one of those stories, and in chapter two it goes to Aramaic.
1: Mm-hmm. It actually
11: goes to Aramaic in chapter two, verse four, where it says, And the wise men spoke in Aramaic, which was the language of the Babylonians at that time, the spoken language of the Babylonians, and also was uh, what we call the lingua franca of the world at that time, um, the international language. Of the time, Hebrew okay. was becoming a dead language, but it was a scholarly language. Uh, and then, but but then it doesn't stop until the end of chapter seven, which is the first apocalyptic vision. So it isn't as if one author wrote one through six in Hebrew, say, and then uh, seven to twelve the visions in uh, Aramaic. Uh, so we don't know exactly what to make of it, but I don't think it necessarily means they are different authors. Um, Truth be told, we don't know who wrote the book of Daniel. There are stories about Daniel and there are reports of his apocalyptic visions. So, of course, it had to ultimately come from Daniel himself, but it may be that another person finalized the book. Uh, A lot of the Old Testament books are anonymous, so that shouldn't threaten right. us because the, um, you know, the authority of the book's not vested in the human author. I, I do believe, uh, and this is contrary to some of my scholarly friends, that uh, that the visions are visions of Daniel in the 6th century B.C. and their authentic prophecy, uh, and I think the stories are uh, probably, you know, shaped accounts of events that actually happened in Daniel's life. Um, so, uh, but I don't think that necessitates the fact that Daniel sat down and wrote the stories about himself. And indeed, the apocalyptic visions, at least a couple of them, are introduced by things like, and Daniel said in the third year of Belshazzar's mm-hmm. reign, and then you get the first person vision. But, uh, but you know, those kind of, questions a lot of scholars spend a lot of time trying to figure out those kind of issues of the history of composition which are interesting but the bottom line is what scripture to us is the final book that we have in front of us not some kind of earlier form so that's why i devote most of my time to just interpreting the text as we have it because yes. again that's our scripture
4: and right. and to do
11: the other work is interesting but
10: speculative
4: That's Tremper Longman. He's Distinguished Scholar and Professor Emeritus of Biblical Studies at Westmont College, Santa Barbara, California. Tremper, I'm sorry our time is up, but we'd love to have you join us again next month, and we could delve more into the book and go beyond just this introduction.
3: That'd be fun. Thanks, John and Kathy. Our great pleasure. Tremper Longman, How to Read, Daniel. It's from the How to Read series, which is highly recommended. Find Tremper online. Tremper Longman.
1: Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or... You'll pay nothing.
0: Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100.
4: Hey, John, have you heard about No Safe Spaces?
3: Oh, yeah. It's the number one political documentary of 2019.
4: And listen, it finished its run after garnering the highest fan rating, 99% at Rotten Tomatoes, but it's been blocked from every streaming service.
3: Oh, don't worry. No Safe Spaces is now available to watch for a limited time only, nosafespaces.com. The discount code for our listeners is SAVE25 for 25% off. Watch the film tonight at nosafespaces.com.
9: This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. The man, the yellow man. Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re enter the workplace. Visit ServiceMaster of to download yours today.
0: Hello, this is Terry Han, a host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you. Every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday.
3: Okay, so Tom Cruise. Uh, I mean, I think Tom Cruise is a fine actor. Okay. Uh, his, you know, choice of movies—not necessarily, you know, the Mission Impossible franchise. Oh, he's I done like a that good job there.
4: I liked Mission Impossible. Yeah, what he's was done that? A good what, job. what was the movie about the um, sports agent, Jerry Maguire?
3: Oh yeah, Jerry Maguire. That's an excellent film.
4: I hated. You hated that, that film. film. I hated oh, no. it. I hated really? it. Okay. You had me at Hello. Oh, gosh. What year was insufferable. that? 1989, I I wish it would go
3: away. I mean, look, he's had a major, major career. I mean, holy smokes, few in Hollywood have uh, approached that longevity. Here, here's the deal Tom Cruise is in talks right now with NASA to produce and film a movie shot entirely on the International Space Station. Whoa. Which would require of course, actors on board the space station along with a film crew
4: how wait i can 't imagine anybody working in the international Space Station is happy about this <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> just I have yeah. a feeling they 're not going to be fans of this idea
3: This is uh, from yesterday 's New York Times uh, quote NASA declined to provide additional details, not at this time, says Matthew Ryden, the press secretary. Uh, we'll say more about the project at the appropriate time. Now, here's the deal: NASA has been looking for ways to open the space station to wider commercial commercial use. So, okay. well, you know, then if maybe
4: if they're ready for other people who aren't scientists, I guess this is the way to go.
3: Yeah. Now, there's talk of a separate module being constructed on Earth and then sending that up into space. And then attaching that to the space station so the crew and actors are there. And then they work around what's going on inside the space station.
4: You know who I heard is going to design that module? Who's that? Elon Musk's newborn baby, whose name a- is XAEA12.
3: That's such a sweet name. That Isn't gets me that, right here. It just,
4: it's it's awesome so, beautiful. so beautiful. I think that's the number one name in Britain this year. You think?
3: <laughs> no? AX12. All right. Anyway, that's That's cool. Watch out for the new movie starring Tom Cruise. Ask
4: Alexa to play the word
5: Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
1: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Senate is considering another Trump judicial nominee. Judge Justin Walker has been tapped to serve as a district court judge in his home state of Kentucky. Several U.S. production plants have been temporarily shuttered, and that has led to meat shortages, with Wendy's pulling burgers off its menus and Costco limiting pork sales. Fake meat companies, meanwhile, are making their moves to capture some of those lost sales. Uber is cutting some 3,700 full-time workers, and its CEO will give up his base salary, with the nation largely still in lockdown. The San Francisco company says that the layoffs and related costs, like severance, will reach about $20 Stocks finishing mixed. The Dow lost 218 points today. The NASDAQ was up 45. The S&P dropped 20. This is SRN News.
3: You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers right now. MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products including the Supima My MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo Code word. My pillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country.
9: Connecting you with new customers.
7: Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver. Or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. Excel Home Care, a help-at-home company.
8: Why's the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy. But also, one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh. Because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
1: Pandemic. Market drops. Elections. Don't let the noise and fear distract you. Where do you go for clarity in uncertain times? For experienced advice on planning for retirement, tune in right here Saturday morning at 10 for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Knotik and Ethan Lane. Or call Accurate Solutions Group now for help navigating these unprecedented times. 412 515 3355. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management LLC, a registered investment advisory firm.
7: Tonight, partly cloudy and cold, low 35. Breezy tomorrow with sun and some clouds, high 61. Cloudy and cold tomorrow night, low 38. Friday, colder with periods of rain, high 46. Saturday, cloudy, windy, and cold, high 45. Sunday, cool, clouds and sun, high 54. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May.
3: Welcome to
2: another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
3: And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The 5 o'clock hour of the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. We are streaming on Facebook. You can see our mugs if you're curious what the heck we look like. But in the meantime, we're very happy to be on uh, Terrestrial Radio on 101.5 Word FM. Of course, you know that if you tuned in. So it's like, a,
4: right. <laughs> what? It's <Exactly>.
3: What <laughs> weird It's a station
4: I have on. It's also, bad. John, on uh, 7.30 a.m. WPIT.
3: Oh, yeah, we love
4: 96.5 FM. we got three stations going now. Very nice. <laughs> I have an amazing story. You I do? You know, for all of the people speaking out on social media with unbelievable certainty, Mm. okay, I've got people who, you know, eight weeks ago, were, you know, bank tellers who all of a sudden have become immunologists magically, or people who, you know, I don't know, taught preschool somewhere who have like definitive ideas about what's going to happen by September eighth. Okay, anyway. I think what's encouraging about what I'm going to share with you Mm. is the fact that there is a lot going on that we just don't know about by people who, by people who are very skilled and are working really hard to try to come up with a way for us to combat this pandemic. Yep.
3: Yep. That's good. Okay.
4: So this is an article on the Wall Street Journal by Rob Copeland. Listen to this, John. A dozen of America's top scientists. And a collection of billionaires and industry titans say that they have the answer to the coronavirus pandemic, and they found a backdoor to deliver what they have discovered to the White House. Listen to this. Yeah. This is an eclectic group of people, John. This is a group of scientists. This is a group of financiers. Uh, people who've been involved in politics in the past, people who are experts at getting through bureaucracy and red tape, they've gathered together and they're trying to cull their resources in this exclusive group to try to combat what is happening all around us. So they're trying to figure out a fast track for a vaccine. They're trying to figure out a fast track for an antibody test. They're trying to put their massive funding wherever they think it's going to be most valuable to come up with the best fight against what we have.
3: Okay, wait now. So go back. So this is a, a, a small network of yep. super brainiac people yes. who have come together in some sort of Unofficial capacity. Yes,
4: yes. This is this is similar. They're calling themselves um, uh, similar to a lockdown era Manhattan Project, Whoa. which of course is a nod to the World War II group of scientists who developed the atomic bomb. Right. Yeah, yeah. But this eclectic group is led by a physician turned venture capitalist who is thirty-three years old. Hmm. His name is Tom Cahill. He lives in a one-bedroom rental near Fenway Park in Boston. He owns just one suit. Okay. (laughs) I love it. He loves being at home, but he has enough connections to influence governmental decisions in the war. We're all fighting against COVID-19. Okay. Hmm. So here's the thing. They call themselves scientists to stop COVID-19, and they include, are you ready, John? Yeah. Chemical biologists an immunobiologist, a neurobiologist, a chronobiologist – I don't even know what that means – an oncologist, a gastroenterologist, an epidemiologist, and a nuclear scientist. One of the scientists who's at the center of the project, who is biologist Michael Rosbash, who won the 2017 Nobel Prize, said, quote, there's no question in this group, I am the least qualified.
3: <laughs> a guy who won the Nobel Prize, the least right. qualified guy.
4: Right. Okay. So okay. now prior to this article in the Wall Street Journal, I've not read anything about this group. Okay. But w- they're trying to act as a, um, as a clearinghouse for all of the vast quantity of medical and research information that is coming out worldwide. Um, based on the coronavirus, okay? So they're working remotely as an ad hoc review board, and they're trying to weed out flawed studies before they reach the policymakers. So Hmm. they don't want scientists who they feel like are going to give bad information to have access to the Trump administration or anybody else in a decision-making role. They want to be in on it because they feel like they have enough capacity in this group of people that they're going to be able to weed out what's going to work and what isn't.
3: Oh, that's really interesting. Fabulous.
4: So they have compiled a confidential 17-page report up to this point that calls for a number of unorthodox methods to fight the virus. One big idea they've come up with is treating patients with powerful drugs previously used against Ebola. Hmm. Okay? With far heftier doses that have been tried in the past. Now, National Institute of Health Director Francis Collins, who we very much admire, he's been a guest on our program, told people this month he agrees with most of the recommendations in this report, according to documents reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. Okay, um, This report, the 17-page report I told you about, has been delivered to Vice President Mike Pence, who's head of Donald Trump's coronavirus tax- task force. Now... There's not just people who are scientists or people who are experts in immunology or epidemiology, but there are people who just have very deep pockets, who are well-connected around the world and want to be part of a think tank of people who they feel like can really get something done. We may fail, said Stuart Schreiber, a Harvard University chemist who's a member of the group. He said, but... If it succeeds, I think it could change the world. Now, let me go back and just tell you a little bit, John, about how this group started because it's interesting. Because it was only a couple of years ago that this guy, Dr. Cahill, who's 33 years old and living in the apartment by Fenway Park, right? This guy, right? He was studying for his MD, PhD at Duke, okay? Um, And he had no money. He was just your basic, starving college student. But after he graduated, he realized that he thought that he could make a greater impact trying to come up with financing for scientists rather than being a scientist himself. Okay. Hmm. So he got hooked on investing. He made a ton of money. He made a ton of connections. And he's basically one of these guys, I think, who's just super smart and is able to communicate well. And so he just kind of skyrocketed, yeah. right, um, as far as international relations, Um But in early March, he said he was intrigued and a little depressed with the state of research on the virus. He said it seemed like there was a lot of talk, there was a lot of misinformation on social media, and science and medicine were the furthest thing removed from what was happening. So he organized a conference call to share some really elementary ideas he had on how to accelerate drug development and the like. And he kind of put it out to people. And he said, hey, I'm going to do this conference call, invite people who you think might be interested. He expected about 20 people to show up. But when he went to dial into his own meeting, he was rejected because the call had reached capacity. Whoa. Okay? There were over 200 people who were on the call who were all interested in some type of different perspective on what was happening. Wow. And people who were in the private sector who thought they had something to offer but didn't have any access to the coronavirus task force I that see. the president sure, sure, has established. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. They talked for an hour. He hung up and he found his email box after that meeting full of hundreds of ideas, hundreds of ideas. So what he's been doing is trying to utilize this group to come up with the best ideas and to pursue them and to get people who are willing to fund them. So this is not going to come from taxpayer dollars. This is going to come from private people I who see. say, "No, no, no, I want to be part of the solution." Now, much of the early work involved divvying up hundreds of scientific papers on the crisis from around the world. So these scientists separated, you know, they're each in their own home, right, and they blaze through as many as twenty hundred-page papers a day, wow. about ten times the pace they would in their normal jobs. They've been gathering on video conferences. They say they're kind of driving themselves crazy. Some of them aren't sleeping very much. Some of them are like existing on dubious diets because they're so consumed with trying to come up with a solution to this problem. So they try as an understanding, a foundational precept that they are going to block out politics.
3: That is fabulous. That what they're really idea. going.
4: They're really going to try, even though most of them come from, you know, liberal-leaning universities, you know, Ivy League places. That they're just going to try to go with the facts. Good. So, whoever, if they find a financier who's a Republican, they're going to be like, "Okay, welcome sure, in." Sure. Even though, you know, I've been on the Yale faculty for, you know, thirty-eight years or whatever it is. Anyway, so, so they're working hard. They're, um, they're a group of people who are committed to making a difference, but doing it in a very different way. Uh, some of the ideas that are in development that they're considering is a saliva test that might be a quick way to find out who has the disease. They're talking about finding a way to schedule tests for workers at the end of a workday so results are available by morning. Hmm. Thinking about ways that we could open up our economy faster than we might accept, we might expect. Um, group members have continued their discussions with administration official, officials because one person who's involved with their task force is also a member of Vice President Pence's task
3: force. I see. Fabulous.
4: So there's a lot more details if you want to read about it at the Wall Street Journal. But let me just say again... It gave me a lot of confidence that there are really capable, well-schooled people who are working round the clock to try to come up with something that's really going to make a difference for all of us who are spending a lot of our time complaining on social media.
3: And so what I take is if there's one group like that, which is excellent of all these bright minds focused on one thing, like you said early on, the Manhattan Project, if there's one group, then there's got to be more than one group, Mm -hmm. all those great minds working together in unison.
4: See, That's doesn't fabulous. that make you feel good? Doesn't it make sure you does. feel like okay, we're not just sitting here. We're not no, no, at no, the no. we're not at the whim of administration leaders who don't know what they're doing, or governors who are who have gone too far, or whatever. No, we all want to find the answer or an right. answer.
3: So we keep the politics out of it and let great minds work, because in the end, good will win out, and there will be an answer to this uh, very vexing problem. It's a great story. I liked from. it. Hey, uh, let's take a break, okay? Um, Speaking of governmental authorities, in a few minutes, Dean Weaver is going to join us. He's going to talk about wrestling with submission to governing authorities. Stay tuned for that conversation. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is the ride home of John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM.
5: 101.5 WORD.
0: Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. We're going to be discerning.
5: We've got battles going on within us, and
0: we got people trying to deceive us from the outside. And we have to be those who know the truth so that we can discern error. Hello, this is Ron Moore, pastor of the Bible Chapel here in Pittsburgh.
6: I invite you to join us on The Journey each morning at
0: 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com.
3: They'll move the earth for you at EKExcavation.com. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers for a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, Windows WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even
0: scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at
3: thegracewellnesscenter.com. So here across the United States, and I assume around the world as well, People are literally armed because they will not want to submit to governing authorities. We talked about this last week, Liberation Day. Many states were trying to open up or want to open up or will open up. But of course, there is this tension of what is safe, what is the right thing to do, as opposed to people's liberties and freedoms. Well here to talk to us about liberty and freedom and submission to governing authorities is the Reverend Dean Weaver. Dean is the senior pastor at Memorial Park Presbyterian Church. Dean friend, welcome back. How are you? Hey brother, I'm doing I'm
2: doing okay in the the craziness of this world Hanging in there. How about you? Amen. Yeah,
9: Good.
4: Yeah, we're both doing okay. Are, John's Dean. in his spare room. I'm in my spare room. We're waving <laughs> to each other and that's the amount of contact we have on a daily I'm basis. At you Dean. Right now.
2: Well, knowing the two of you, I think that's probably for the better. I think that's really good.
4: (laughs) We're actually shockingly happy with it. No. (laughs)
3: knowing the two of you it's probably for the better very good dean
4: all right dean so um so these times are weird i mean there's a lot of isolation there's a lot of anxiety there's people who are having mental health crises and there are all sorts of unintended consequences of uh, a stay home order that i'm sure was intended by those in power uh to be for our good so from your experience and from your perspective how do you see it dean
2: Oh, my goodness, Kathy. Um, you know, I I will say I think I'm no different than anybody else. I, I have had anxieties and I've had uh, days where I was highly productive and thought, hey, this isn't so bad. I think things are going well. And then days where I thought I'm craving for a human being to see outside of my house. Um, and, you know, I've had moments where I've, I've really been on edge. And I mean, so I think all of us are going through that. And, and you know, there are coping mechanisms and all those kind of things out there. But I think the thing I've been wrestling with and watching some of these uh, protests that you mentioned, John, um, and it just so happens, uh, we're working through the book of 1st and 2nd Peter at Memorial Park, Mm. and I came across 1st Peter chapter 2, and it kind Mm -hmm. of stopped me in my tracks. Interesting enough, I came across 1st Peter chapter 2 on the very day that Governor Wolf came out with his, his yellow and red counties in Pennsylvania. And we were still in the red and not in the yellow, and I wasn't. You know, I was. I was pretty disappointed by that. I was. That was. That was pretty defeating, um, and I was not happy. And I'm at the same time reading First Peter chapter two, and uh, wrestling with the reality of a truth that seems to carry throughout the course of God's word, and the reality that we find ourselves in, which is a, a government that's making decisions that I may or may not like or agree with.
4: Okay. So your analysis from your living room is very similar to my analysis from my living room is right. We're, we're, we're getting limited information. We're not decision makers ourselves. We're either watching, you know, TV news or getting our news from the internet or radio or whatever it is. And we're filtering it through our own perspective. So how can anybody be certain, Dean, about what the right thing is? And so is the anger at administration officials misplaced?
2: So let me just read two passages for you, and then I'll I'll answer your question based on those two passages, right? And they're not out of context. This is is in context of what we're dealing with right now. Uh, Romans 13 and 1, "...everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has
10: established."
2: right and so common place is for us to think well we don't have to submit ourselves to a governing authority that is unjust right i mean we as mm-hmm. christians would seek to change the government's view of abortion because it's the taking of an innocent life and so we think that's unjust, and therefore we, we don't support that. Uh, and, and Christians have led the way in other unjust practices against other unjust practices, such as segregation and, and, and laws that would treat other human beings as less than the full human beings made in the image of God. So we have a, we have a history of, of speaking into and standing up to our government for doing what is right. And the, so that comes, the question is, is what uh, the shelter-in-place rulings from the government doing, are they unjust? And you're right, Kathy, we don't have all the information that they have, so it's very difficult for us mm-hmm. to, to jump to a conclusion that, well, it's unjust because I don't like it. That right. The closest you can get is to say it's the prohibiting, uh, you know, when you talk about the First Amendment and the Establishment Clause of, of the First Amendment, is this in any way prohibiting, or the exercise clause, I guess it would be, is this in any way inhibiting the free exercise of religion? Well, they're stopping us from worship. Therefore, that makes this unjust. Well, is it really stopping us from worship? I mean, Jesus in John chapter 2 and Mark chapter 13 would seem to suggest that the church is not a physical building. You know, look at those mighty stones. I'll tear them down, release, build them again. They're like, what, what, what? And he's like, no, it, my body is the presence of God. And then, of course, the Apostle Paul says, you're not your own. You were bought with your price. Your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the physical structures which we have built and invested in, which we love very dearly, are not the church.
11: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and, and to say that we're not worshiping because we're not in those buildings, that can't be right. That, that, that can't be biblically correct. There's no warrant to say that that is correct. So we're worshiping. It's not the way we're used to worshiping. It's not the way I would like to worship necessarily. But, you know, we're, we're probably reaching three and four times the number of people on a Sunday morning online than we were reaching in our sanctuary before, yes. and we're still worshiping. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it it's, it's not the way I would wish to or choose to worship, and hopefully one day soon we'll get back to doing it. In person again, but it hasn't stopped us from. We can't stop the Spirit of God. And man can't do that if they try. So we're still worshiping. We're just not worshiping the way we would like. That's a preference question. And that doesn't mean that what we have now is a question of injustice. Let me just, the other passage is 1 Peter chapter 2. Submit yourself to the Lord's sake for every authority instituted among men whether to the king or the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. And here's the reason, verse 15. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. The reason why we submit to the governing authorities right now is to silence the talk of ignorant men by Mm -hmm. doing what is right. When we don't do that, we're not coming off as being righteous. We come off as being self-righteous. And the, the, the world that's looking at us sees us um, not as, as holy and righteous and godly. They see us as wanting to get our way and stomping our feet and getting angry. And I'm not sure that getting angry during a time like this is a right response of the Spirit. Um, so I, I haven't seen the evidence yet to suggest that what the government is doing is unjust. And until that kind of evidence is presented in a way that is kind of uniformly agreed to by the Christian body, and we all accept, oh, yes, abortion is wrong, oh, yes, we believe that discrimination is wrong, oh, yes, we agree that slavery is wrong, until we come to that consensus that we have a, an unjust action on the part of the government, not just our opinion, um, but, but, a, but a consensus that this is unjust, which we have no evidence suggests that, And we're left with what? Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, and other places in the Bible that tell us we are to submit, submit. so that mm-hmm. we can have a a, a, a winsome witness in our community. But mm-hmm. the problem here is not just submission to the government authorities, because when you go from 1 Peter 2 to 1 Peter 3, now we've got to submit to each other. Oh, my goodness. Now I have to submit to you, uh, and you have to submit to me, um, Ephesians 5 and verse 21. It, that's just brutal. Oh, my goodness. And that gets at the core of the problem, doesn't it? Yes. We don't want to die to ourselves. Right. We want what we want in submission to the authorities and to the relationships in which we are placed and held accountable by God and his sovereign plan, rub against our own self-sovereignty. And that's the problem.
3: Reverend Dean Weaver's with us from Memorial Park Presbyterian Church. Dean, uh, the truth is, and I know you know this, right, that 99.9% of Christian pastors in this country have willfully submitted to authorities. It's always those little whackadoodle, you know, 1% or less who are drawing all the attention to themselves.
2: Well, and, and you know, I can't, uh, you know, Counseling 101, John, is I can't be responsible for anybody's actions but my own. Right. You know, and what what I hope happens is that when someone who does something that I think uh, brings a a, a a less than favorable witness to the Christian body um gets all the publicity, and the people around me say, "See, look at that, see, look at that." I say, "Well, I see that too, and I agree with you. I think that's wrong." They say, "What?" You're a Christian and you're siding with me. I'm a pagan. You say yes, I, I agree with the pagans. Jesus spent a lot of time with pagans. Um, I I I agree with you. I think what they're doing is wrong. It, it actually, while it seems on its face to be you know undercutting us and and all of those kind of things, uh, God's greater plan is such that it actually can create an open door of opportunity for us to talk about people, uh, to people about what we actually believe. And and so while that bugs me. Uh, when someone does something wackadoo, rather than getting angry about them, because I think they're wrong, <laughs> I say, well, okay, Lord, where's the opportunity here for me to take that which the uh, maybe the enemy went for evil and to use it for good? Mm-hmm. Amen.
4: The Rev. Dr. Dean Weaver is with us, Senior Pastor of Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Allison Park section of the City of Pittsburgh. Actually, it's not the City of Pittsburgh. It's outside the uh, limits of the City of Pittsburgh, but in Allegheny County. Um, Dean... You know, John brought up the question about pastors. And of course, that's, you know, a valid thing to talk about because as you said, the loudest pastors are the ones that are going to make the news. But I think that there is a problem with Christians on social media. It's not the first time we've ever talked about it. Certainly not the first time you've thought about it. But I think we all have a responsibility in our spheres of influence. It's not just pastors that need to be careful about what we're saying.
2: Well, and you know what, we all know that social media opens up a a real can of worms in terms of a herd mentality, right? Yeah. Um, That's one of the things I'm really struggling with, Kathy, in this environment is doing pastoral care, doing discipleship, leading meetings, and not doing them in person. I mean, God bless Zoom, but it has real limitations. Um, You know, I would much rather be in the studio um, having fun with the two of you and talking while we're on commercials than doing it this way, the the loss of incarnation cannot be overstated here. And I think what happens in you know, just like the miscommunications that happen in emails where you can't see facial expressions. And we know that more than 80% of communication is nonverbal, right? So I can't see your body language. I can't see your facial expressions. I can't tell whether you're kidding or joking or, you know, all of that kind of stuff that leads to all the um, uh, miscommunications and misunderstandings, you know, add that times social media thousands, and you just have this cataclysmic, chaotic um, kind of herd mentality that, you know, it, it's more harmful than helpful. I mean, there's a lot of good things that can be done in social media, and all of us have had to pivot on a dime to to turn our ministries online. I mean, and those of us who weren't there got there quick, um, and we had to do that. So there's a lot of good in that, but boy, the Roman road not only carries the gospel to the ends of the earth, but it carries the Roman army Uh, to enforce their version of peace. Mm -hmm. And most technologies are for good and for bad. It's the question of, you know, how are we going to use them to glorify God or not? And there's a lot of well-intended people who are asserting their own self-righteousness more than God's righteousness on social media.
3: That's well said. Dean, thanks an awful lot That's very well said We appreciate that I mean, to think we're in the midst of all this And so who do we submit to? I mean, it's not the government It is Jesus Christ And uh, we, uh, we're we grateful for that reminder So thanks again We miss you And we hope soon We're back in the studio with you
2: I look forward to that Thanks, guys
3: Our great pleasure Thank you thanks. Dean Weaver He's a senior pastor At Memorial Park Presbyterian Evangelical Church In Allison Park
4: Hey, you know what? He's a new grandpa
3: Oh, that's right He is He's a new nice. little grandbaby Good job Dean. <laughs> T- take a break. Come back. Uh celebrity birthdays? I mean celebrity
4: birthdays. Let's do all it. All right,
3: sure. Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday. Hey folks, this is John Hall. Like you, I'm confined to my home spending time with my family. And one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what can you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories, like Exodus as written in the Bible, really happen? The result of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Anne Graham-Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in this series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's patternsofevidence.
4: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient
3: is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. If you have a child, no matter what the age, unless you've homeschooled in the past, chances are your child right now is involved in some form of online learning. Well, here's the deal. Successful learning takes more than two computers. Both of Kath and I's kids go to Grove City College. And so we see firsthand the nature of what quality online education is. In these strange times, not the best way to go about learning, but making the best of an odd situation, that's Grove City College. Kath?
4: I think one of the things that I've been so impressed by and thankful for, John, is the fact that the personalized approach and the personal relationships were already in place before all of this hit. So it wasn't like the professors had to figure out who the students were and boy, I got to make sure that I can come up with some kind of like interpersonal approach to them. No, that was already happening. And so when that's, you know, when they have history in that regard and then something like this emergency hits and they they have to move to a different mode. It's awkward, it's weird, it takes a lot of adjustment, but really the relationship is already present.
3: One day soon, hopefully, this will all be over and kids will be back in school. We would encourage you to check out online Grove City College. It's beautiful campus, but even more so, a Christ-centered education from men and women who love to teach, love to learn. Look online Grove City College, gcc.edu.
5: Are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 W O R D FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com. The Word FM Mobile app by heart. Tune in and at radio.com.
7: Tonight perfectly cloudy and cold, low 35, breezy tomorrow with sun and some clouds, high 61, cloudy and cold tomorrow night, low thirty-eight, Friday colder with periods of rain, high forty-six. Saturday, cloudy, windy, and cold, high 45. Sunday, cool, clouds, and sun, high 54. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May.
3: Well, uh, we do this from time to time where it's some celebrity's birthday, right? Somebody's having a birthday somewhere, right? Right. Um, uh you've got some celebrity birthdays today, Kathy. I, mean, I have a couple People celebrity birthdays.
4: Couple. First I first I was hoping though, John, mm. you would tell me the good news about Bandcamp oh. because they've raised a ton of money and uh we can like think on that as we think about these crazy celebrities
3: as well. Yeah. Okay, so Bandcamp. Uh explain what Bandcamp is.
4: Okay, so Bandcamp is an app that you can get for your phone. I don't know if there's a desktop application as well, but it's a way that musicians can sell their uh their products, their yeah. CD, their music digitally, and they make more of a profit from it um right. than in other ways. So, so I try to use Bandcamp as much as I can. I try to buy as many albums from them as I can. It's a terrific interface on an iPhone. I don't know how it works with um with a an Android, but it's great on iPhone and it's just a way that you can, you know Provide more money to the artist so it doesn't get stuck in the with the middle. Very
3: one. nice. That's very smart. Okay, so we're pro Bandcamp because, of course, we're pro independent artists. So, of course, in the midst of all this, anyone who's an artist or a comedian or what have you who makes their living standing in front of an audience, all that income is gone. Right. So Bandcamp saw this, of course, you know their revenue has dried up as well, but they started a fundraiser for said musicians all across the country. Mm-hmm. And people have stepped forward as of today in the uh, the campaign's only been going on for a short while. 11.4 million dollars has been raised by the good people at Bandcamp. Now I don't know how they're going to distribute this money, but they have pledged fairness and equity in that distribution. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is many musicians will receive some portion of some money to make sure that they're able to pay their bills and feed themselves, at least for the short term. So kudos to Bandcamp, $11.4 million. Isn't that terrific
4: news? Isn't that terrific news? My husband's a musician, and um, I have a ton ton of friends who are musicians here in Pittsburgh who have struggled mightily trying to figure out what their life's going to be like today and what they're going to do in three months or three years from now. It's just so many unknowns. And so that money that Bandcamp has put together, it's just hopefully, you know, I trust that it's going to go to exactly where it's needed. So thanks to them for that. And one of the musicians, John, mm-hmm. who I don't think will be helped by this because I have a feeling he's financially stable, mm. is uh, Bob Seeger. It's his birthday.
3: Uh, Bob Seeger? Mm-hmm. He's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, I, I listened to Bob Seeger when I was a kid. Did you? Did you uh, the Bob- turn the,
4: turn, I know every word to turn the page
3: like a rock remember that was like the chevy commercial yeah
4: i don't really like that no that's song. a bad
3: song no yeah, but i but did you know i did like bob seeger and the silver bullet band that's it i like that music i
4: like them i really i love you a bob Seeger fan well i just really love turn the page i love his version and i deeply love metallica's version have mm-hmm. you heard metallica do it i have not no, oh no. my gosh really oh it's just huh. fat. but they're both good they're just very different bob seeger Anyway, so on a long, lonesome highway east of Omaha, um, it is Bob's birthday. How old, John, do you think he is?
1: He's
3: an oldie. He's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about Bob Seger is he did not come to stardom like as an early bloom. Yeah. He was deep into his career whenever this came to him. Uh, Bob Seger, uh, he's not 80, but uh, he's probably in that ballpark. I would say Bob Seger is 70, 70, maybe six or seven. Right.
4: He's 75. That's very close.
3: Bob Seger, number 75. That's a good one. Mike,
4: uh, Mike, he didn't hit it on the nose, but he's still no. pretty darn good.
3: Okay, good. All,
4: All right. right. Also, uh, George Clooney's birthday.
3: Oh, George Clooney. Who doesn't love George Clooney? I
4: love George I lo- Clooney.
3: George Clooney is the is the Cary Grant of our yes, generation. Yes,
4: that's, that's right? very good. Very accurate, John. Yes. He can be
3: very um, urbane and very yes. sophisticated. He can also be an absolute total crack-up.
4: Exactly. I mean,
3: you know how many how many George Clooney movies do you love, right? Okay,
4: well, l- let's name a couple. What are your favorites? I mean, off the top of my head, my very favorite, not even a close second, is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?
3: Yeah, he uh, is would, so
4: awesomely perfect in that. He is role. awesomely
3: perfect. I mean, that's pitch perfect for George everything Clooney.
4: about that film is perfect.
3: I could watch that movie. That's one of those movies you could watch any time. Me
4: too. Right? I do. I, I could I watch it, so it. I could just leave you both right and just go watch it now. Right.
3: Um. Uh, yeah, off my head, I, I'm not really quite sure. Uh, okay, so how old is George Clooney? What do you uh, think? Well, if it was if it was his 60th birthday, I would have read about it because that would have been a big Listen deal. To
4: you, you've got lo- like some kind of reasoning you're employing. Well, yeah, because I thought, you you know, it was if, just a turns 60, we were going that's for. a big deal.
3: Okay, so uh, he's probably not 60. He's at the back door of 60. Probably George Clooney is either 58 or 59 years of age. He's
4: 59. 59 Mike, again. Again, correct.
3: George Clooney, John yeah. Hall,
4: completely supreme nice. in this contest. Anyway, and happy wanted- birthday to Clooney. And nice yeah, very and good.
3: Uh, and, uh, and I wish him and his wife the best, right? Amal. Uh, and all. Yeah, we need them both. Amal. She's she's lovely. She is lovely.
4: Yeah, she's 20 years younger than him.
3: Yeah, okay. It's George Clooney. Would you expect I mean, anything? Do, else do you know
4: any that? couples where the in Hollywood where the the the, the uh, woman is 20 years older than the man?
3: I uh, do not. Nope. <laughs> no, it doesn't no, happen.
4: Because it'll never happen. Why would you happen?
3: do that? Why would you even want to go there?
4: Mm -hmm. Well, why would it? Because it's only the reverse. It's only older men with younger women. (laughs) Exactly. Great. Don't even get me started. Don't get me on like a hashtag me too sister suffragette thing because it's not going to be good for anybody.
3: Okay. All right. Um, Let's say the word, um, the name Marty Simpson.
4: And I will laugh.
3: Okay. Marty Simpson was with us. It feels like it was about 15 years ago. Was that Word FM date night? It was. In February, right? That was Valentine's Day. We
4: loved it so much.
3: I mean, as far as we're concerned, time-wise, that might have been, you know, a whole other generation has passed, but Marty Simpson crushed it. Super funny, really weird guy. He's not coming back to Pittsburgh anytime soon because we just talked about band camp. He's not going anywhere No musicians are making a living. No stand-up comedians are making a living. So Marty Simpson's going to join us just to be funny and, you know, crack a few. All right. The wisecracker Marty Simpson next here on the ride home. Stay with us. One
5: hundred one point five WORD.
0: Turning point with David
2: Jeremiah. Life is difficult. Life is hard. It's not getting any easier, but here's what
3: I know that's so wonderfully triumphant for every one of us. There's not anything you are ever going to experience or experiencing now that Jesus doesn't understand. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Jesus You May Not Know, next time on Turning Point.
0: This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD.
5: Go ahead, Amy. I'm listening. Where can I find some hand sanitizer and toilet paper? Did you hear me?
10: Sorry, Amy. I'm a bit under the weather these days. How can that be? I've been practicing my social distancing. Are you kidding? There's no way I can keep six feet away from you. Whatever your
5: hands touch ends up growing all over me. That makes sense. Keeping my phone clean is just as important as washing my hands. Will you please do me a favor and finally get me a phone soap? Without one, I'm afraid it's only a matter of time before I get you sick, too. Phone
0: soap is the clinically proven and EPA certified way to clean your phone, watches, and whatever else fits inside. In ten minutes or less phone soap cleans using uv light so it won't damage your screen like liquids or chemicals phone soap safely kills 99.99 percent of all germs and bacteria including the cold and flu virus it's trusted and used by healthcare professionals everywhere demand for phone soap is at an all-time high go to phone soap.com and use the code germs to secure a spot on our pre-order list and receive free shipping go to phone soap.com phone soap.com today
6: this is greg trusinski from the original mattress factory and while the last few weeks have been filled with uncertainty they've also been a great reminder of what really matters. Many things that felt so important just a few short months ago don't feel that way anymore. What matters now is the time we spend with our friends and family, even if that is just through a video chat. As we face adversity, what matters now is how our communities are pulling together to take care of one another and fight through this.
2: To those on the front lines and behind the scenes, thank you. For all that you do, spending
0: more time inside, J and D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J and D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs, while using less energy
1: than a 40-watt light bulb. Call one eight hundred Very Dry or or visit jdwaterproofing.com
4: Oh, well, we had a great time with comedian Marty Simpson when he came into Pittsburgh back in February for Word FM's Date Night. We laughed. And listen, I was we'd had a very long day, hadn't we, John?
3: Yes, we did. Yes. Very long
4: day. And so I said to Marty at, when we were together at dinner, I said, "Listen, I got to be honest. I am going we're going to introduce you and then I got to take off. I'm too tired." And Marty was like, what? You're not going to stay for my gig. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, whatever. I'll stay. (laughs) Anyway, then I stayed and it was so funny. It was so funny. I was so glad I stayed and he roped me in. Anyway, comedian Marty Simpson joins us from wherever he is. Marty, welcome back.
6: Hey, hey, I want to point out that I said stay until you're no longer interested, even if you leave
4: at
3: five or 10 minutes, I'm fine with that. And then you stayed the whole time. Oh that's okay, good. Okay, that See might that
4: might have been what happened.
3: Yeah, right. So the interest <laughs> level was high throughout the entire set. Mm-hmm. Okay, Marty, so we um, yeah. we were just talking about this Bandcamp app, you know, they're giving 11.4 million to to various musicians. I would imagine right now, I mean the only stand up you're doing is you're doing the the stand up in your in your living room, yeah?
6: Well, actually, that's funny. I feel like I, my agent must have fed you that question because we've done a lot of virtual events and had pretty good success with it. Um, but not anything remotely close to what we saw in February. But we are, we are kind of running out ahead of the curve to try to have um, a way to do virtual comedy for any kind of special occasion or graduation party or, or birthday party or 50th anniversary or whatever. And it's been kind of fun. um, But to go back to Kathy's question, Columbia, I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, joining Pittsburgh now in drive time. So I'm excited to join you. I love Pittsburgh.
3: Very nice. Okay. So in the midst of all this, this long haul, and it may go on forever. I think, you know, a lot of people have been trying to be reflective about this time. (laughs) And I I would imagine that you are uh, obviously a thinker. You're reflective as well. So have you discovered anything about yourself during this period of, of social isolation?
6: I have. John and Kathy, I have discovered that uh, I have spent 17 years of my professional life uh, preparing myself for such a time as this. I feel like I have been ready to sit in my house and do nothing from the day I finished college. This is like I've been preparing minute by minute, day by day, hour by hour to be great at what we're all having to do right now. And I'm the best at it. I I feel like I'm a big leaguer when it comes to finding nothing to do in your house. Like, I love it. My daily schedule hasn't really changed that much, honestly. Mm. I think that the coronavirus made 350 million American stand-up comedians. Nobody knows where their paycheck is coming from for three months, and we all just sit around the house. (laughs) (laughs) Like. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, i like that marty that's good now i want to just try to guess how your wife might feel about this because mm-hmm. you do travel a lot for your job and all of a sudden you're her constant roommate is she happy or sad
1: i,
6: I mean she can be on the show the next time if you want to ask her uh, point okay. blank i do know that my marriage benefits occasionally from me leaving from time to time i do know sure. that but um it's been great. Like, uh, we've had an actual great time. I hate to talk about the blessing of the coronavirus uh, in our family life, with with all the rest of the stuff that's gone on in life for people, I don't want to take that lightly, because it's been awful for some, but we've, my daughter came home from college, my son, high school, homework, and busy working came out of the house. My wife is blessed to be a school teacher, so she kept getting her paycheck mm. to meet with her little second graders on Zoom, which has been really kind of sad to see how many kids don't have the internet and stuff in the school she teaches in, but it's been a cool, it's been a cool time for us. And, and I think my wife definitely would, would argue that I'm a pretty good stay at home, uh, uh, comrade to have around. All
4: right. <laughs> Excellent.
6: Nice. I love okay, having so then... her here. I, I mean, I love having her here. I'm normally home alone for the whole day and just having me and the dogs. So I love having the family around.
3: Nice. So what about, uh, you know, the writing process? Are you finding time to sit back and, you know, muse over things? And so whenever the whole pandemic thing is lifted, are you going to come out with guns blazing in a brand new, you know, post-pandemic show?
6: I love the word picture you painted for your listeners there. After the pandemic is over, I'm going to come out with guns blazing. Mm. But, um <laughs> No, I think that you're right. It's I think comedians that have have hunkered down have really uh, I've tried to stay away from coronavirus jokes themselves because I just don't want to get in that
11: yeah.
6: that mental attitude where like I really right. regret making a joke because things change by the second, by the minute, by the you know an hour ago something might have been offensive that isn't offensive now and it's just but I did write one coronavirus joke which was my family and I panicked the night that Tom Hanks announced that he had it because we decided. If Woody from Toy Story was going to have the coronavirus, that the next morning there would be nothing left on the grocery store shelves. And so we went that night at midnight and bought like, 650, 700 dollars of the groceries, and 30 dollars of that, John, was spent on 11 and a half months of ramen noodles.
4: Nice. Good. 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 Celebrating his sodium levels, we have comedian Marty Simpson with us. Uh, Marty, you said you're ready to come out with guns blazing. Not, of course, like the people at the on the steps of the state capitol in Michigan, right? Different right, types of guns.
6: Right. right exactly. What, what I've done is just really bared down on a virtual existence. I've wanted to do an online virtual live show for a couple of years now. And so I've actually outfitted my whole uh, under my, my office is now like a green screen studio and I have a, a weekly show that is actually more than weekly, but Marty's hang time. Cause just mm-hmm. like being a punter in college and all the punter, okay. I know a little bit about having a good hang time and five seconds is a good hang time for a punter. And that's about how long internet listeners will give you before they give up on you. So I feel like trying to capture your attention in five seconds is a thing. So we a lot of my comedian friends have been on the show, a couple of different sports personalities have been on the show. We just kind of hang out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and, cut the fool a little bit and i would love to have you guys on there if you want to come hang, hang out with me for a minute we could play some games one of the games oh, I, def- plays, I um... definitely
4: want to do that please Thanks. sign me
6: up yeah. yeah one of the games that we've had success with is my brother is a professional musician and we play guess the song and Marty hums the song and then they try to guess and then my brother hums the song and they try to guess and if they get it on Marty's hum they get uh, a thousand points and if they get it when Alan my brother hums it they get 10 points Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am tone deaf and cannot hum the song and I sound like a broken jukebox trying to hum the song and then my brother hums it in two seconds and people like oh that's you know Van Halen jump and I'm like that's what I was doing and they're like no you sounded what what like oh
3: so kind of a fun time. We're right. talking with comedian, Marty Simpson. Marty, we just got a minute or so left, but I wonder how has your diet uh, altered? I mean, many people are going to, you know, eat a lot. And they're going to come back a little plump. You yourself are a very striking figure on stage. So, uh, has your oh, ego kicked John. in? Are you staying away from the nuts and the chips?
6: No, I have put on the COVID-19 a hundred percent. I don't, that is, uh, but I did walk this morning. I felt like, uh, Six and a half weeks into the quarantine, I should start exercising. That's what I said back I uh, in March 16th when I drove home from Iowa. Uh, the, the day the country shut down, I had a show the night before. And uh, I, drew, I rented a car and drove 1,500 miles home instead of flying through O'Hare the day that that picture came out of O'Hare Airport with everybody there. and I All said, right. honey, six and a half weeks. If six and a half weeks goes by, I'll work out. And there we have, there we have it. So I had to work out this morning.
4: Thank goodness. There, Marty. Thank, Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Coming to his senses, it's yeah. comedian Marty Simpson. Marty, thanks for being with us again. Yeah, friend.
3: Marty. Hey, wait. So people no, want problem. to catch you, where Any do they time. go? Tell them the address again.
6: Go to martysimpson.com com. just M-A-R-T-Y and Simpson like the television show and or uh docudrama about the ex-football player, OJ Simpson. Uh Marty
3: very nice. Marty, good to hear your voice. Stay safe. <laughs> we're going to talk soon. We'll take a quick break, come back. We've right. got a little more ahead. Uh, we're going to do public reading of Scripture in a few minutes. Stay with us. greater pittsburgh plumbing heating and cooling at GreaterPghPlumbing.com. we're all spending more time at home these days but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place hey listen there's some great news from windows r us pittsburgh they've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home if you've had damage to your roof gutters siding or windows windows r us pittsburgh can still answer the call And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, Windows or us Pittsburgh.com. That's Windows or us
0: When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need EK excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, EK excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy. The equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Car shop from your couch with cars.com. It's never been so easy. Connect with dealers to tour cars virtually. Search great prices, and yes, they feature cars ready for home delivery. With over four million new and used cars, cars.com has your match. Check out cars.com today. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu.
4: We've been doing a public reading of Scripture as a way to honor God and express our need for wisdom and strength and guidance and everything that the Holy Spirit can give us through his word. We've been reading Scripture publicly most days on our show. And today we turn to First Peter two. John, you want to start us out?
3: I'd love to. First Peter two, nine, seventeen. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy.
4: Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us.
3: Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people.
4: Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor.
3: Amen. That's challenging, isn't it? That surely is. Yeah, I mean, to submit yourselves—it's just so hard to submit ourselves to anyone. I know. I mean, especially our sinful desires. Right? Yes.
4: Anyway, terrific show today, John. For any of you listening out there who didn't get a chance to hear it, you can find us on any platform where you normally get podcasts, or you can watch our stream on Facebook anytime tonight. 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Have a great night.
9: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.